Time for Dr. Tisha Ross right here on the It is time for New Horizons, the mind, the body, and the soul connection. Dr. Keisha Ross, good to see you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to New Horizons, the mind and body connection on Intentional Talk Radio Network. I'm your host, Dr. Keisha Ross, and we have a wonderful special guest for you today, Dr. Perdita Fisher. Before we begin, let me give you a bit about Dr. Fisher's background, and then we will get right into it. I'm excited about this uh, topic today. Dr. Perdita Fisher is an accomplished dental professional with a 42-year solid history of success providing valuable diagnoses and care in private practice, public health, senior, and school-based dental programs. Dr. Fisher is serving as Lieutenant Colonel in U.S. Army Reserves. She is also an educator in the community providing health awareness. Dr. Fisher is also a certified fitness and nutrition specialist. Her publications include From Pregnancy to Childhood, A Parent's Guide to Good Dental Habits, and A Woman's Guide to a Healthier New You. Welcome, Dr. Fisher. How are you today? Oh, I am fantastic. Thank you. I am so excited and so pleased to and honored to be with you today. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. You know, a lot of folks may be thinking, well, what's this mental dental connection? Why are we talking about, um, you know, oral health? But my focus definitely with this show is the connection between the health of the body and that of the mind. So today, this is going to be different. You're the first uh, dentist we, we've had on the show. We've talked a lot about psychotherapy, counseling, psychiatry, pharmacy. So today, we're going to bring in that oral health component today. So we know the role of providers like primary care doctors, psychologists, psychiatrists, and pharmacists in diagnosing and treating mental health care challenges. Could you speak to us about how oral health plays a part in the equation of self-care related to mental health? Okay, uh, let's see if I can do this in a succinct manner. Uh, first of all, dentists have a prime opportunity to discuss mental health needs because fear of the dentist is one of the yes. major factors, and it's a factor in mental stress. I mean, we know that, you know, Fear, when we are fearing something or afraid of something, it exudes certain things in our body. So in addition to fear, uh, low self-esteem due to appearance of teeth, pain and infections yeah. can also increase the susceptibility to mental disorders such as Alzheimer's. And when we're stressed, many times we don't often think about it, but we're grinding our teeth. You know, we're holding that, or which mm -hmm. may create sores in the mouth. Uh, it lessens our ability to digest uh, foods and it can even cause problems in our joints. So when depression, anxiety causes elevated cortisone levels, which are in the body, these are hormones that weaken the immune system. And when the immune system is weakened, all habit breaks loose, not just mm -hmm. in the mouth, but all over the body. So it, of course, increases the risk of um, gingivitis, which is bleeding of the gums, or further gum disease, which may loosen the teeth. Uh, depression can cause unhealthy eating habits. Uh, mm -hmm. You forget to brush. You don't focus on your mouth. You self-medicate with smoking and drinking. So, I mean, all of that is affects on the brain, the mind, and the whole, and the whole body. So, that, that was very succinct. So I'm going to try, I am going to try to recap that. But as you said, you know, again, the connection is when there's stress, as you said, and that's the word that most people can hone into, like when you're stressed, what happens? So you mentioned cortisol level increase, that puts the immune system, you know, at risk, greater risk for like infection. So as you said, right. if it's not in the mouth, it can be in other parts of, of the body. I work with many people who have phobias of the dentist, as, as you've talked about it. I think about my parents too, um, coming up in the Caribbean too, you know, dentists, like dental care has evolved because as they tell me back in the days, they would just go to the dentist to get teeth pulled. It right. wouldn't be like this kind of ongoing relationship that, that you see now. So I think depending the place and the generation, some of the bears can, can build on that. 
in terms of the work I do also with mental illness, there can be neglect, as you said, like for people, activities of daily living, daily living, people who are depressed sometimes, you know, difficulty in shower, oral hygiene, bathing, those type of things coming here. Um, Also, other mental illnesses that might impact oral health are eating disorders. So those who um, suffer from conditions like bulimia, they can experience like erosion of the teeth. So we see the connection in in those areas. I also wanted to remind everyone before we go further that we do have the text-in option, the ITRN text-in questions at 682-710-1101, because I'm sure this is an area that many people have questions about. Again, that ITRN texting questions number is 682-710-1101. So thank you for, you know, putting that, showing us the role of that, Dr. Fisher, just in terms of dentistry. So let's now discuss a little bit more. Can you tell us about different specialty areas in dentistry, like general, periodontal, orthodontic? Okay, well, basically, the general dentist is the average dentist on the street. Um, They can do some of everything. I mean, when we go into dental school, we are trained in every aspect, but we may not be proficient in every aspect. Mm -hmm. And typically, dentists choose the areas that they they like more, they do more of, but a general dentist can, you know, can really do everything. Uh, some things they, if they elect not to do it, then they would send it to a specialist. So such as a periodontist is somebody who actually um, takes care of the gums and the bone. Uh, you can have, you know, receding, receding gums, causing more of the tooth to show the, if there's bone loss, the teeth are, are loose. You know, I guess I call them waving in the wind. You know, you can stick your tongue out and your teeth are just <laughs> falling over. Uh, this means you've got you've lost the supporting structures of the bone around the teeth. So mm-hmm. periodontists help to do that. Um, they can also place implants. Uh, orthodontics, of course, is is one. And it's not just always about crooked teeth, which people you know, which people think. Um, certain things such as uh, mouth breathing. Mouth breathing mm-hmm. can cause a uh, narrowing of the mouth, which affects the way that you sleep. Uh, it could cause, mm-hmm. you know, sleep apnea at night where you, you know, you, you stop breathing because your air, your airway is restricted, meaning it's, you're not getting as much air into your okay. body as you can because the teeth are out of place. So orthodontics is not, you know, like some people, oh, I just want my teeth straight. Yeah. Well, not it's, just cosmetics. It's, it's, it's not just cosmetic. It's it's more than that uh, because it, it affects the entire system. Mm-hmm. And of course, the one that people always ask about is root canals, which is the specialty of endodontics. And that is um, where you have just I made mean, the teeth have just gotten so rotten. So mm-hmm. the alternative to save the tooth is to take the nerve out of the center of the tooth. So um, Ooh, no, that's it, the that's, one that's scary not, for that's the one that's it's scary for folks when you think about it. But, you know, I, I had my first one when I was, um, I was, yeah, on, on a military assignment and I didn't realize I needed it. And it really was not as frightening an experience as it seems to be. And I'll just tell you this little, this, this little truth. Um, before I became a dentist, I was not, I was okay with going to the dentist. Once I went into dental school and I knew all of the things, <laughs> and then, but the good thing is that I experienced it all so that I could tell patients firsthand, this is what this is like. This is what, you know, oral surgery is like. This is what periodontal is like. So I've gone through it all. So I have a, I have a personal experience that I can connect with. So I'll just do a recap there. So as you said, general dentistry, that's the um, parallel to like primary care physician. They do a little bit of everything like with medical, physical health, and then they send out to specialty. So as you said, you're trained in everything, can do a little bit of everything if, if you had to, but not proficient in everything. So there might be extractions of some teeth, but if it's complex, maybe they'll be sent out to oral surgeon. Mm-hmm. So periodontists, as you talked about, gum disease, um, just in terms of keeping the gums healthy because with the receding, people can um, lose teeth. Orthodontics, as you said, um, the movement of the teeth, but not just for cosmetics. That's an interesting point that you made there about sleep apnea. So that is something that I think probably many people wouldn't think of as a cause of sleep apnea. When we hear that, we often think like weight, 
mm-hmm. often being a part of it and maybe other um, conditions. So just, as you said, the, the mouth and, and, and the teeth, how they're placed can impact um, that level of, of breathing. And so not only, um, as you said, cosmetics, but there's a lot of important reasons medically to have the teeth straight. And then also with periodontists, right? Because if there's gum disease, keeping the teeth closer, not having gaps, that helps. Right. Correct. Okay, wonderful. So we've got it all all broken down now. So tell us a little bit more. You started out telling us about dental health and its connection to mental wellness. Let's expand a little bit more on that. In your career, what can you share with us in terms of, of some of that connection? Well, that's a lot. you know, it's, it's interesting um, that this week I got an email from the National Dental PBRN discussing a study of medical screening in dental patients. Mm-hmm. So actually looking at doing meta, mental, I'm sorry, mental screening in the dental office. Um, although the results have not been released yet, it's encouraging to know that dentists play a major role. Yes. It's not just, we're not just the feared dentist, you know, that, that people hate to, to go to because, um, you know, things such as pus, swelling, red or white spots in the mouth, um, canker sores and things like this. Sometimes we are the first persons to be able to see a disease aspect that's going to affect, you know, affect, have a greater effect. We can see it in the mouth first. We can see the red spots, the white spots, the, you know, the, the swelling, the pus. And, you know, what I, I like to tell patients too, is if, you know, if you go to the bathroom every day and you wash your hands and your hands are bleeding, is that normal? Is do you th- would that cause alarm? Would you think that that would be something that you would need to do? So if you go in there and you're brushing your teeth and there's blood coming out, and you're spitting blood yeah. into the sink, that's not normal. So you have to treat that as a part of the body, not as this is just my mouth. That it is actually a part of the body, and um, and that is connected is connected to the connected to the whole. And, you know, just to expound a little bit more on the practice in terms of fear, um, you know, they say fear is the false expectations appearing real, mm-hmm. or we can look at it as face everything and rise. But most of it is because of somebody else's experience or something that we thought. Yeah. And so when I'm looking at, you know, the stigma of mental health, you know, people tend to think, well, that means something's wrong with me I'm I'm crazy but you know some fears are actually based on a bad experience but some of them are just made up in our in our mind based on something that we've seen like these crazy movies that they put out on uh what what was that the little little shop, shop of horrors little shop yes. of horrors you know why did they do you'll be a like dentist people, yes. people are already afraid enough of the dentist so I just tell, I just try to tell people and then trying to put it into perspective to ask questions, look for somebody you can trust. Um, it's okay to interview the staff and ask questions for the staff and the dentist. Visit the office so that you, you know, that you're comfortable of the, of the environment. Um, and if they can't answer the questions, then they may not be, be the one for you. And I'm just going to share this, this brief story. I know I'm kind of off track for a minute, but I had a patient that was so afraid, um, she was so afraid of the dentist that she couldn't even come through the front door. So it started out, you know, her making an appointment, getting to the door. She couldn't come in. So I'd go outside and talk to her. Then one step, we get inside the door. Then we get inside, you know, the operatory. And then we finally were able to get her into the chair. And that took months. And so you want to be able to have somebody who knows and understands fears and is really to work with you. And that may not be in every case. So... <laughs> And, and that's where I come in, because as I said, I work with so many people. So there's specific phobias and a phobia is extreme. You know, some people might experience a generalized type of anxiety where they're still able to like in, engage with like some type of stimuli. But then when it comes phobic, it's like, no contact at all. So then we do like what's called exposure type of therapies to help people become desensitized to the Mm -hmm. exposure to that stimuli. So as we talk today about oral and mental health, it's a double double stigma because as you said, there's stigma related to mental health and then there's also stigma related to going to the dentist. So if those two are interacting, it becomes 
um, very difficult. And then there's other reasons. Sometimes there's challenging um, Mm -hmm. reasons for getting to the dentist. Like for some individuals on the autism spectrum that may have challenges, sensory um, Mm -hmm. challenges, it may be difficult to be touched or even the sound of the drill. Mm -hmm. I know for me going to the dentist, that's the toughest part for me is the sound of the drill. Like I can deal with the pain and those those kind of things, but the sound of the drill is what um, impacts me. So I have empathy definitely for those who may be on the spectrum and that that's a challenge. So it's having to do like a lot of work in terms of like anti and, you know, anxiety reduction techniques, deep breathing, visualization, those kind of things to help people to move through. And then for some people, it may be medication. Mm -hmm. They might have to take their their medication before they go to their appointment to help, you know, bring down some of that anxiety. So as we talk about that double stigma, now we're going of dentistry, like oral and mental health. Now we're going to bring in race into it. And that's a big part of the show is that we definitely want to um, highlight BIPOC, um, Black, Indigenous, people of color, um, physical and mental health. So tell us a little bit, Dr. Fisher, about what are some reasons why it is important for Black or African-Americans to work in the field um, of dentistry? Yep. Well, not just in the field of dentistry, but in in all the fields, really, because unfortunately, most of the neglect of mental, physical, of all aspects occur in our neighborhoods. Uh, You know, we have issues regarding the costs. We don't understand that disease in the mouth is related and it increases our risk of stroke, diabetes, heart disease, uh, digestive issues. We just think, oh, I inherited this because my grandmother had diabetes, so I'm going to have it. You don't realize that that those are, those are things that you do not have to uh, you do not have to own. Uh, and typically, professionals that look like us come with another level of understanding of our, our concerns because many of us may have grown up in neighborhoods such as that and were able to um, to you know to rise above them, so that we can't use that as an excuse to to not go. And then some people think that, you know, that there are many of us as professionals that once we get to a certain level, we forget where we came from. So we also have to, you know, but I think it's important for me um, as a as an African-American female to find people who I can connect with, yes. who look like me, who understand where I've been and understand where I want to go. And then also um, sometimes, you know, the, the resources just are not available. The information is not available. So we as a professional group of melanated people need to make sure that we have access and to have the access for the patients to be able to uh, to get the help that they need. So sometimes we need the assist of other health professionals to help us understand that an abscess is not the same as a chipped tooth. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, you know, a chipped tooth might be cosmetic, but an abscess could, you know, could mean your life. So um, just, you know, just joining with other professional organizations. And I know in St. Louis, you know, we have the uh, the the Mound City, which is you know the the lawyers, the dental, mm-hmm. the medical the have Mound City, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that you know, if we look to maybe those types of organizations, we can find people um, that look like us who you know understand our needs. Definitely, as you said, seeing someone who looks like us and has some shared lived experience sometimes it also helps to build trust because as we know we've talked a a lot in detail in previous shows about medical um, experimentation so the distrust that is there is often justified it's not paranoia I don't use that word I say it's healthy adaptive suspicion because sometimes you have to be aware of the surroundings to keep oneself safe but something that you mentioned that I'd like to hone in on and just have you talk, expand a little bit more, as you said, is that oral disease increases chance of like diseases like diabetes. And we know that that's high in our community, right? That that triad, um, high cholesterol, hypertension, diabetes. Can you talk a little bit more about that connection? Because as you said, many people sometimes in the Black community think, oh, I just inherited that you know, there's nothing I could do about it. But as you said, the oral health piece 
is tied into that. Can you speak a little bit more to that? Yeah, well, you know, when we think about an inherited, what we inherit is we inherit habits. Um, we inherit, um, you know, ways of eating. Um, you know, at one point in time, I, I grew up I'm from the South in the country. So, you know, my grandfather had, you know, grew a lot of fruits and vegetables, but everybody didn't come from those those types of um, environments and backgrounds. So um, access to, to care and access to information um, is are both, you know, are both mm-hmm. very important, but also realizing that if we just take a, just think about our mouth for a minute and okay, we've got saliva in our mouth. I'm going to swallow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where's that, where's that saliva going? That's going mm-hmm. through every aspect of my body. It's, it's flowing yes. through my uh, esophagus, my throat It's it's going through to get to, you know, my, it's going, you know, passing around my heart because all of our organs, the mm-hmm. heart, the spleen, the liver, the gallbladder, the uterus are all housed in this area. So if I'm putting junk in there, if I'm just drinking mm-hmm. sodas or, you know, or eating things that are, sh- are just full of sugar, all of those things are going around yeah. these other organs too, because unlike animals we don't have um short digestive tracts so everything stays in our system longer to be able to mm-hmm. get out before we eliminate it through our bowels so when you think about that process that it's going to affect everything and so if i'm if i've got disease in the mouth and i've got pus and i've got sores and yeah. i've got blood all of this and i'm just continually swallowing that with the sugar that I'm eating with the, wow. you know, with the uh, processed foods, because that's the other, well, oh gosh, I could go on this forever. The other issue, no, you know, the, keep going. The access, this is what we need. <laughs> the access, the access to the foods that we need. I mean, we've got all these convenience stores uh, that have the cheap foods, mm-hmm. the boxed foods, the yeah, canned food deserts in the, the lower deserts. economic. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, it's, it's killing us. It's really, it's really killing it us. Is. So you we're killing ourselves with the fork, uh, what we're putting in there, but also, you know, what we think about that are like, Oh, it's, it's nothing wrong with this. You know, it'll be okay. I'm still, yeah. you know, I'm still surviving, but are we thriving? We're surviving, yes. but we're not thriving. We're not being our best right. self. Um, you know, those processed foods tend to add on more, um, well, wait, because they're empty, mm-hmm. you know, they empty calories. And so, the preservatives. You know, the preservatives. So, I mean, when you put all of those things together and then, you know, then you put on weight, then you're even more stressed. I mean, yes. your mental state is like, oh, gosh, I don't feel good about myself. Oh, my teeth, my tooth broke mm-hmm. off. You know, uh, my stomach hurts every time I eat this. So all of that, <laughs> you put all of that into that and you wonder why. I mean, it just, to me, it just makes sense that dental and mental is, they go hand, it goes hand in hand and we've got to start thinking about the whole. It does make sense. And intellectually, I know it and get it. That's where I had the vision of this show. But when you did that little example of we have saliva in your mouth and swallow. And when you think about like all of the organs and just your internal aspects of your body it really hit home Hmm. in terms of like that's everything that's going down that track and as I think about the food desert you know so we have the high sugar and the high carb diet because a lot of places only have the corner store or the bodega right. they don't have right here in St. Louis like when you're on on Grand you know it's like several miles mm-hmm. before you will get to a grocery store so I mean I think the this is sparking ideas for the next show in terms of agriculture that 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 is the key to it a lot of it like urban garden being able to plant your own food because if folks if they're not going to build in our community we need to build it ourselves or we need to to grow it ourselves so we need to become creative in terms of how can we thrive as you said instead of just surviving and even you know um i'm i'm having a, a brain moment in terms of thinking of the truck but you know, the truck that they had that was the fruits and vegetables they converted yes. a bus and they were going mm-hmm. to 
the neighborhoods and the communities. Yes. I thought that was an excellent, an excellent way of getting yes. healthier foods mm-hmm. into our, into our communities. Uh, they would show up at the libraries and people would come there. Did, you know, that was very, very, very low cost. And in many times, um, you know, they had people on there that could educate um, the yeah. public about, you know, what, you know, what they were eating and, you know, mm-hmm. what they were providing and serving. So I hope that now things are getting better, that maybe that will resume because uh, yeah. I thought that was that was yeah, one the pandemic uh, might have right. slowed it down. Yeah, I that love was- that idea because it also flattens the the equity curve, too, in terms of economically, not everyone has a car in terms right. of the bus fare or you know, train fare, it may take longer to go further. So if people are coming into the community, mm-hmm. that um, is helpful in, in that way too. So hopefully some folks listening, that's sparking ideas. If you want to start a business, a profitable business, if you want to start a nonprofit, a 501c, that becomes a way, you know, to feed our people, um, to help the community, but also just, you know, a great, great business idea. You you mentioned also too economically that in our communities are a lot of the places where neglects happen. As as I think about it, dental health insurance is not offered on many jobs. I mean, that's like considered like supreme, the good plan if you're getting dental on your job. So what are some ways for folks to receive quality care if they lack economic means? Okay. Uh, actually, this is <laughs> this is hit home to me as well. Um since I don't have a private practice anymore, you know, where my husband was doing my dental work, I was working with him. Then you get out like, hmm, I don't have dental insurance. Oh, my dental insurance doesn't cover that. So, you know, became more in tune to people who say, you know, I don't have insurance. Uh, but there are some resources that are available. Why um, we have a couple of dental schools in the area, we mm-hmm. have um, AT Steel and SIUE, um, you know, that are close, Edwardsville, Illinois, and St. Louis. And then there are actually, um, so the, the dental schools, you know, really can do everything. You have students working mm-hmm. on you, but you are, um, you're supervised by, you know, a professional uh, in the, you know, in the teaching aspects. That's how we all, that's how we all got to, got to be dentist yeah. on. Then there are dental, um, there are hygiene schools. There may be dental assisting schools as well. Uh, sometimes the dental assisting schools uh, need, need people to, you know, I don't want to say practice on, but yeah, we, 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 we have know. to have people. I mean, we have we to. Have to have pra- yes, we do. We have to have people. Yes, to, we have to you know, we build have, those we hours. Have to demonstrate, right. We have mm-hmm. to demonstrate the skills that we've been taught. So um, those are things you can look for. And there are, there are the federally qualified health centers, um, like people's, um, you know, there's several others in the community that you could research that are usually based on a sliding scale, uh, which is income-based. And then for children, uh, their programs such as, uh, give kids a smile, which they have once a year. Uh, it's totally free. Um, and then there's a Mo Mom, which is Missouri Mothers of Mercy, which is sort of a, oh. a more uh, rural aspect. Okay. And then, of course, I work with a um, school-based dental program, Gateway to Oral Health Foundation, where we actually go into the schools and do dental work. And of course, the, the parents have to, you know, give consent to the school, to the, you know, the nurses for their children to do that. But that's, that's a way for, for children to, um, you know, to get there. So, and then, you know, just sometimes you just have to do the Google search. <laughs> I you know, the I, Google, you got to go to Mr. Google and just say, you yes. know, this is, this is what I have. This is insurance. Where can I find a, mm-hmm low cost um yeah. quality clinic in my in my area wonderful thank so. you for for that breakdown a lot of that is local to missouri and st louis because that's where we are but you can take that same formula wherever you are look for your right. your graduate um 
schools in terms of dentistry, as well as any area, because we've talked about that too for psychology. We have psychological service center for medicine. Think of the different areas in terms of graduate training and the dental assisting schools also. And not only in receiving dental care, but also, you know, not everyone wants to go to college for a long period of time and nor do I believe every um, young person needs to because for some it's just not a fit but I often talk about um, dental assistance and dental hygiene as a great career or orthodontic assistance because you know you can train for a shorter period of time you're not going as long to dental school you're helping a lot of people because that's a big part of, of dentistry so that's something to also think about for our young people who may be coming out of high school don't know what they want to do these are all areas to think about that could be great um, careers either full dentist if you don't want to do that also thinking about the dental assistants and, and dental hygienists yeah and actually they are a great asset to you know to the entire team they're all they're all needed and um having had a private practice as a female I did all the roles I, I assisted yes. I you know if the hygienist was out I took her place if the front desk person was out sometimes I did that and so it kind of gives me gave me an understanding of what how everything and how everything needed to yes. work together and how mm-hmm. if one aspect doesn't understand what the other is going you can't just say you know it was it was their issue that did that so yeah. i mean there there those other aspects and at one point um we were going to to the schools particularly during dental health month which was february you know to talk about um, dental, some of them had dental careers. And so to help people to understand, to think that there are other things that, you know, that they mm-hmm. can do in health related field that are actually also helping. So thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. Dentistry has touched my life also in my early life. I was an orthodontic technician. Shout out to Dr. Uh, Linda Clement in Atlanta, Black female orthodontist. And she trained everyone that you will start at the front desk because you had to know how to run the whole office. You had to work at the front desk, be able to make appointments, take insurance. Then you move to the back to get your training um, in tech and OSHA and and all of that. So that helped to get me through um, college without any <laughs> any loans so yes a great a great career um even right. though I didn't stay there it was a great um early part of my life so we do have a question that came in on our text line and the question is how does poor dental health affect the heart great question well just as I um kind of gave that visual of you know, pus in the mouth, uh, decayed teeth in the mouth, broken teeth in the mouth. First of all, if if you're missing teeth, you're not able to chew as well. Mm-hmm. When you're not able to chew as well, whether you're eating something good, you could be eating a healthy diet, but you're not able to break down that food mm-hmm. into the particles so that the nutrients get to the rest of your body. Um, and then the first thing, of course, is that everything comes through the mouth and leads to the heart. I wish I could just show you a visual of the path of the mouth and how, you know, going through each tube and where the heart is located, mm-hmm. all of that goes through there. So one of the, the first things that actually helped me to um, change my eating habits was Robin's Diet for New America. That was a video and he actually did a visual of, you know, actually taking blood, showing the blood uh, from eating a typical, like, I think it was like a McDonald's breakfast or something, which I must admit, I used to eat a very, very, very long time ago. (laughs) But, um, you know, those, those types of things, eating it and how the blood would just be so thick, it was sluggish, it was just hard to to get through and it would Mm -hmm. start to clog up the arteries. Oh, look at there. It would start to clog up the arteries, um, you know, which are vessels there. And the arteries, of course, lead to the heart. And that blockage over a period of time, that sluggish, the blood's not going mm-hmm. through, the nutrients not going through, everything is getting stuck there. Um, then it affects the heart because the heart is that, you know, it's that sac all around it. And repeatedly over a period of time, that buildup, um, that plaque buildup, that sluggish buildup, you know, it 
it's on the heart and then the heart is is right there you know mm-hmm. over the liver and the colon and everything else and so if the food is not is sitting there and is not going down the path so that we eliminate it effectively then it's it's causing it's causing disease in the rest of the part of the body so just think of your digestive tract mm-hmm. as a garbage disposal the garbage disposal yeah. is clogged up it's not working. You keep putting stuff down there and then nothing going through because it's stuck. It's stuck. You're eating things that are not easily mm-hmm. flowing through the body. So you can't get it in there. And so at some point, we've got to unclog all of this waste. We've got mm-hmm. to unstop the garbage disposal so that the waste can go down. Cause that's really what it, the waste, the waste products stay there. I mean, just, you would not just want to eat out of a garbage can and then put it in your mouth and then sit there and let it hold in your mouth and yeah. swallow it <laughs> this is why we had this talk today garbage garbage in garbage got to go out so yeah. you know that's the you know so yes it it affects the the heart and not only the heart but um disease in the mouth actually crosses the the blood barrier the brain barrier because mm-hmm. it's it's blood I mean, and blood is yeah. circulating through all of our aspects of our body. And, you know, over a period of time, um, all of those things actually can lead to almost every disease category that we have could stem from issues in the mouth. I mean, re- literally. Wow. <laughs> and, you know, if you turn on the TV, hear a commercial, read a book, African-Americans are at higher risk of, and I say fill in the blank. But I, what I really love about today's show and the points that you're making is that we hear a lot about cardiovascular disease, but sometimes we hear it more so in the, yes, the food component, but not necessarily, as you said, that mouthpiece, like the literal Mm -hmm. mouth. So, and then the mental health piece becoming like, how are you managing stress? So if you're not eating, so also not eating well, some people become emotional eaters. So when they're stressed, they eat on healthy foods or some people have eating disorders like binging and purging. So all of that becomes a way of, as we think about the mouth, the oral health, how is that mind and body piece connected? So, yeah, and then most of those that. people that are been, that are uh, bulimic or anorexic have mental issues, you know, as to why yes. they want to stop eating or why they want to, why they want to regurgitate it all because they have yes. this idea of they not being good enough the way they are or perfect, mm-hmm. their body shape or whatever. Yes. And as stated before, uh, all of that stuff, whenever we are constantly throwing up, that's acidic. And the mm-hmm. acid is is breaking down yeah. the enamel then of the teeth as well. So we don't have uh we don't have a strong support system. <laughs> well, I love the idea of what you talked about earlier with, you know, the study and the idea of doing like mental health kind of survey or checkup at the dentist, because again, some people may be seeing their dentist more than they will see a, a mental health professional. So they do that often now with primary care physicians that has been integrated. So I think dental is another great area to bring that in. Um, people may feel a, a little bit more comfortable to, to do it in that setting. So I think that's a great opportunity and way for us to continue to grow. So as, you, as you've talked about that garbage in and the garbage disposal within us, that's a good segue to my next um, question. You, in addition to your 42-year um, dentistry career, and by the way, you look fabulous. You don't look like you could have had a 42-year <laughs> career. You are also a cert- certified in nutrition and fitness. Talk with us about nutrition and fitness as it relates to good oral and mental health. Okay. As, as, as I always state, oral health is health. And mm-hmm. when we start to segment and separate parts of it, we don't think of it as a whole. So, of course, you know, when we exercise... And exercise does not necessarily have to be going to the gym. Exercise could do anything that makes you feel good uh, and increases oxygen to the brain. So if you're like me, I like to dance. Dancing Mm -hmm. just, I mean, it just increases my my mood. I feel better. It could be walking. It could be weightlifting. It could be running. Whatever it is, it could be swimming. Just don't think of it as like, oh, this is exercise. Like, no, I am... I am giving my body the 
the lift that it needs. I am, yes. you know, increasing my, you know, my spirit. I'm increasing my mood. And of course, uh, nutrition fuels us at the cellular level. So that's all the stuff inside that we, you know, that we can't see. So pure, whole, real food, fresh fruits and vegetables, increase our absorption of our nutrients instead of, like I just talked about, the cheaper foods that are found in the cans, the boxes, the gas stations, the convenience stores. So all of that, you know, as as I said, relates to the whole. And actually, I um, put together a program that talks about the dental, the digestion and detoxification and why all of that's you know, and educating you and how all of that's related, but, you know, what to to do about it. And then the mental aspects, you know, what we think, what we what we say to ourselves, mm-hmm. that self-talk. Um, Positive that self-talk. self-talk it, it, it could be, it could be, it could tear us down or it could lift or us up. Us up. Mm-hmm. And so we have to, you know, we have to be conscious of, you know, what our our thoughts are, you know, and when we say things like, I can't, I'll never, I'm mm-hmm. not instead yeah. of focusing, you know, on the positives, what I am, yeah. what I will, I, I can, yeah. um, you know, those are all, all things, um, make it talk in my language. That's, <laughs> that's all cognitive behavioral therapy. Cause we're working on restructuring those cognitions, those beliefs mm-hmm. that have been there for a long time. And I talk with patients about that all the time. There is no can't. Right. You know, it's just and and we work on even changing the language that, you know, yes, it might be a transition, maybe that this may be a challenge or this is difficult at this time. But that means that it's not we don't make it so finite that that it can't happen. Mm -hmm. I loved your comment about oral health is health, which I agree, just as mental health is health and where the mind and body connection is so important and just recognizing that health is just a spectrum and on that spectrum is different aspects of the body, but it all is health. In terms of what you mentioned with exercise, remember that listeners is anything that increases oxygen to the brain. I love the outdoors, so I fight to go in. I mean, I do the gym at times, but when it's nice out, it's better. I love to walk. You know, I love to ride my bike, those kinds of things. So sometimes in the winter, it becomes more of a challenge, you know, Mm -hmm. with less sunlight and less energy. So I work with a lot of patients with seasonal affective disorder. So we try as much as we can to have something else built in for um, the fall and and the winter time. And then, as you said, nutrition, that fuels the cellular level. So recognizing that on every minute level, what we're taking in is is fueling the body. Mm -hmm. So the fresh fruits and vegetables, you know, healthy grains, those type of things. So thank you for um, sharing that. And and that is going to be a nice buildup to talk about shifting to discuss more of your recent projects and talking with us about the vegan festival. Tell us about that. All right. Uh, We started the vegan festival 2018 and 2019. We um, had it. I mean, we've had, you know, smaller venues and things but um it's not just you know one of the things is just educating people that vegan is not a is not a nasty word uh they've changed you know vegan has gone from vegan to to plant-based which makes it a little more i guess acceptable but it's 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 just about all the various ways of being healthy so we wanted to provide education and support for and healthy a healthier lifestyle, including food choices, including mental, including what we put on our bodies, because our you know that our skin is you know our largest organ in the body. So if yes. we're putting things on our skin that clog our pores, then we're not you know our, our pores can't breathe. We have to look at every aspect of us as a living cellular being so what we put in our body what we put on our body what we put in our minds are all um effective so the the festival actually you know it include music um we had exercises um yes fun speakers uh, massage therapy other um resources play and just i mean just just fun you know experiencing mm-hmm. uh various types of of food including desserts 
Yes. Like, oh gosh, is this a vegan donut? Is this, is this, you know, is this vegan? Is this a cake? What you mean? It's got, does it have, uh, just carrots in the cake? Like, uh, no. <laughs> I mean, so we, you know, a lot of that is just trying to get rid of the stigma mm-hmm. that is nasty or that is, that is unhealthy or that you can't have fun, that you can't, you know, that you can't be who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you're changing a lifestyle, so it's it's just a a lifestyle option. Uh, people can choose various components of it, but as I said, it's just an opportunity for the community to you know to be able to experience other aspects of of a healthy lifestyle. Yes, and I was fortunate to attend the vegan festival, so I'm hoping it will come back at at some point. I know the pandemic has put like a a damper on a lot of like the festivals and and those kind of things. So hopefully we'll have that back soon. But again, just a great opportunity to sample great foods, learn about health and wellness and nutrition, as you said, on that cellular level, and definitely the thinking, just realizing that what we put into our body is is to fuel us. So if we're not getting the best that's going to impact how we think and how we um how we feel so hopefully that will be coming near us (laughs) Uh, coming coming soon to a venue near you wonderful (laughs) um another project you have is a destination retreat location focused on wellness tell us about that okay this is actually my first year doing this um we have a, a space in belize and um We've added just a few rooms and my goal was to have it as a peaceful, serene place to really just get into yourself. Um, mm-hmm. It's called um, Show 8 Wellness and it's show8bewell.com, but it Show 8 means be perfected in and of itself mm-hmm. and realizing that all of us in our whatever we see our imperfections are, are perfect as a being. If we are here, then we are here for a reason. And sometimes we have to get away from all of the noise and the hustle and the Mm -hmm. bustle and the do's and the the do's and the don'ts and the have and the have nots and the go to just get into that. So my idea was just to have a remote um, setting where you can experience nature. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can unplug, you can focus on yourself while consuming pure whole foods and juices. You could practice, um, we're gonna do meditation and healing yoga practices in this in this session. And um, of course, you know, meditation and yoga and, and breathing. You know, yes. we just don't breathe enough. You know, sometimes you just tell people like, let's stop right now. And breath is life. Take a deep breath and blow it out. And we just keep going and going and we mm-hmm. hold our breath in. Yeah. So <laughs> you're talking, you're talking my language because I do a lot of mindfulness um, based stress reduction. So in terms of like teaching folks, I remind them, you know, if you have a baby around or you have an infant or you've seen them breathe, they breathe properly. Right. And as we get older, we take on bad habits right. of where we have this shallow right. kind of breathing. So yes, when we do things like meditation, mindfulness, visualization, any yoga, anything where we are focused on the breath, that helps us in terms of helping us to be healthier. It helps us to slow down. It's good for our cardiovascular health and it's just good for our mind. And as you mentioned on plugging, Having a place to unplug, I recommend that to patients, clients all of the time that consumption is not only what you eat. So we right. talked about consumption, yes, in terms of food, but you talked about what you put on your skin, but it's also what we listen to, the shows, the music, everything has a vibration, everything has a level that we take in. So when we take in too much, and I work with many people who have trauma experiences. So if they already have trauma experience, I, I encourage them, don't look at the news 16 no. hours a day or even an hour a day because you're taking in more vicarious trauma. And it just becomes more difficult to heal from one's own trauma when a lot of this messaging is, is coming in. Right. So so that's wonderful. Show eight, be well, as you said, that's C-H-O-A-T-E. Bewell.com. 
So you have the vegan festival, you have, Shelley, you're doing it all, Dr. Fisher. Thank you so much for being <laughs> here and sharing all of this information. Before we go on to talking about your books, we have one um, question that came in. The question is, how do you feel about tooth implants? Is it healthy? The question. Well, <clears throat> okay. You're asking, that's a, it's kind of a million dollar question, but <laughs> okay. It is a healthier choice than going without a tooth for long okay. periods of time. Because as I said, our teeth, if well, we don't have the proper teeth, I mean, our, our molars are specifically for grinding. Um, our incisors are for tearing, which is the front teeth. The canines are, you know, for cut. So our they are for cutting. So we have cutting, we have chewing, and when the back teeth typically are missing then when we can't chew our food properly, then we can't have optimum digestion unless you're just going to juice and just do liquids and soups all mm-hmm. the time. So um, it is necessary, but of course, you know, like I say, prevention is worth the pound of cure. The, the thing mm-hmm. is to, to try to keep your teeth early so that you don't have to do that. But mm-hmm. if you do have to do um, extraction where you have to do an implant, uh, just make sure that you have researched the person that's doing the implant, what their success rate is, what type they're using. Uh, there, there are different types. And there are other options to implants, of course, um, are partials, which come in and out of your mouth. People, A lot of people don't like them. Some people lose them because they wrap them up in a tissue and throw them in the trash can. If they take mm-hmm. them, you know, if they take them out somewhere. Um, but that is, you know, it's usually a temporary thing and then of course there's another option which is bridges which is like three crowns connected but it actually you know involves uh reducing the surface of a of another tooth in order to be able to do that so implants are um you know they've become more and more popular they've gotten they've gotten better they've gotten better Mm -hmm. uh materials over the years and better success rates over the years Mm -hmm. so So it sounds like do your research, do your homework in terms of who is going to do it. But the bottom line, as you said, in compared to having no tooth at all, it's a better option because if you have the absence of teeth that are needed for cutting, chewing, whatever it may be, it's going to impact digestion. And then the other teeth are going to move into its place, either the upper tooth is going to come down or the teeth Mm -hmm. on either the side are going to move in which causes another problem so uh, my recommendations too is if you're doing an implant uh, in addition to doing research um, all surgeons and periodontists also do implants Uh, some general general dentists do but if they just took um, a two-week course or one-week course on implants I would not (laughs) you know I I would you know you know ask ask the questions how how many have you done how many cases are successful Mm -hmm. how long have you been doing it yeah you know those okay great question we did have one other question well a statement slash question that said that um there's difficulty finding a black dentist in LA or Dallas. Do you have, are there any like black dental associations? So like the association of black psychologists, we have Latin psychologists, we have the AAPI community, the native indigenous community. So do you know? I, don't, dental I don't know of focus? any uh, personally, but of course you could Google it. Just like, you know, we have a black dental association in St. Louis. Okay. I'm sure that LA and Dallas as large as they are, um, will have a black dental association i'm 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 fairly certain (laughs) great thank you so we talked about the vegan festival the choate wellness now we have a few minutes left um i'd like us to talk about your books a bit if we could tell us about the content and topic of your books and the inspiration behind them okay um the parents guide to good dental habits um the reason i chose that well the part of the book says from pregnancy um to all health and so people think it is just a book for pregnant for pregnant uh parents uh, because both parents are involved in what goes into the health of a child and most people think oh it's just the mother who's carrying the baby but no the health of the father as well goes in, into the health of the child so 
your nutrition, your old habits, your overall health, make good decisions before even, you know, having a child. But in the guide, um, there are typical questions and it was inspired. I, it took me eight years to do it <laughs> to, you know, I wow. would just put little pieces down and, mm-hmm. you know, oh, I'm going to put this together. And then in 2008, I just said, you know, let's do it. But it was inspired by patients over the years coming in and asking the same questions about the tooth. You know, when should my child's mm-hmm. tooth come in? When should this child come out? What to do if they knock a tooth out? Uh, yeah. What, you know, what are eat? So I just went into a little bit more depth on the nutritional aspects of mm-hmm. the mother and father. And for them as a whole, I uh, talked about, you know, different aspects of sealants and yeah. all okay. the fluoride controversy and all of those things, not, you know, giving anybody because I couldn't give, you know, you can't give advice if you don't know personally, but it's a good guide for anybody mm-hmm. really at any age. Um, it could be for your children, your grandchildren or whatever. So that's great information. I took my daughter to the dentist just last week and I had fun looking at her panoramic um, x-ray and as early as eight, they're looking to see like if orthodontics might be needed, then they say right. they'll check again at 11, but everything looks like where it was supposed to be. They say what's mm-hmm. going to come in, everything looks fine and they'll check again. But yeah, sometimes we don't off the top of our head know like when, what, when are things supposed to happen? So right. that's helpful. Yeah. And your other book. Uh, okay. The Woman's Guide to a Healthier New You. Um, Healthier New You has just kind of always been my <laughs> my theme. Um, even at um, our private practice, we di- I did a detox program called 30 Days to a Healthier New You. So Healthier New You was just a theme. And then during the pandemic, Thank you for- I noticed that people were... Um, they were, they were, they were sad. They were, you know, like I'm locked up. I can't do this. I don't know mm-hmm. how to do that. And so I just thought of different things that I had done that helped, that had helped me over a period of time. And I just decided to, you know, just make it a, a simple guide, you know, mm-hmm. from, from breathing to meditation to, you know, Wonderful. putting some smoothie recipes in there, just some things to just take better care of ourselves and knowing that self-care is not selfish. No, it's not. I look at it it as an act of resistance and rebellion because my ancestors didn't have opportunities to say, no, I'm not going to do that. Or no, I'm not going to do this. So we push so much because again, sometimes we get that message intergenerationally, correct? Like you've got to be moving all the time or we have to be better than our white counterparts. So be because of that, we are constantly going. So it's finding that that balance to say, yes, work hard, but play hard. And in that playing, you know, having the time for, for self-care is, is so important. And unfortunately, for some people, that happens when it's too late, right? It's after it heart attack. It is. It's after stroke. It's after right. depression and anxiety has kicked in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, just like we're always taught on the plane, put your mask on first. We can't help anybody else. Yes. If we are broken down, tired, and just run out of fuel. You know, we can't do it. So you got to refuel yourself in order to help others. So I agree. (laughs) And that concept's difficult, right? But as a psychologist and a therapist, I talk with folks to learn sometimes when is that deflecting? When is that avoidance? Are Mm -hmm. we doing so much for others because it helps us to not focus on what's going on within ourselves? So yes, if we put the mask on ourselves first, then we're taking care of self and then we're also going to help help others. So this has been a wonderful conversation today. We have learned so much. Dr. Fisher, um, before we wrap up, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners or advice you can give to anyone looking for help or support in their dental health journey? Um, Just real quickly, uh, just remember that everything is connected. Um, Some of the things, you know, that it's about like a, a toolbox journaling, writing things down to get it out. Uh, movement, of course, I talked about that. Connecting with nature, deep breathing. Um, be aware of what you tell yourself. And when a thought comes in that is not in alignment with you, change it. And then in terms of the dental 
aspect, don't delay treatment because delays are costly, not only financially, but also physically. Uh, like, you know, they used, they used to say uh, commercial, don't wait till it hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also available to do teledentistry, even though I don't have a office, but sometimes people maybe just want a second opinion to review treatment plans. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, ask for referrals, friends who love their dentists and ask why they love them. And, you know, sometimes you say, well, I can't find somebody. I mean, you sometimes you're looking for somebody just within your insurance plan, but there may be somebody else who may be able to help you, you know, in another way to do that. Um, and then I think, you know, we've got to have groups like what you're doing now in the community, discussion groups to, dis- yes. you know, to talk about this stigma of feeling comfortable in seeking mental health and dental health, because we're embarrassed about both. <laughs> we're embarrassed about the mental, we're embarrassed about, you know, how we let things go in our mouth. Um, yeah. You know, and then find a way maybe to put together some type of resource, resource something that, you know, for accessibility, affordability, um, you know, and mindset, of course. Wonderful. I think that's the great recap, but I think what you said that says it all is everything is connected. So if anything, take from today that it's not separate, oral health is health. Uh, and there are many of the resources you've given the Choate Be Well, uh, vegan festivals, check that out in your areas, looking into cellular lifestyles, detox, as well as the books that you've mentioned. We'll work to get that on the ITRN radio network um, line. So thank you so much again to Dr. Perdita Fisher for appearing on New Horizon, the Mind and Body Connection on Intentional Radio Talk Network. We Thank all our listeners across the globe. Those who weren't able to listen today, please share with friends and family in our podcast form. And remember, a healthy mind, healthy body is key to longevity. And stay tuned for Everyday Lessons now with Dr. Amala Luncheon and Mr. Taryn Callender. Thank you so much, Dr. Fisher. We enjoyed you today and learned so much.